hey, Thrive Church. It is good to uh, be with you this way. Uh, I just want to make mention right up front that we are aware that there's some lagging issues that are going on, and I suspect that it has to do with the fact that there are hundreds of churches that are probably doing the same thing that we are, and uh, we're probably taxing the Facebook servers just a little bit, um, and that's okay. Um, it's, it's good for them to realize uh, that there is a, a large community of us out here, and we're working on that issue, and we'll see if we can uh, fix it again for next week. So anyway, a uh, couple of things just briefly. First of all, I want to say a huge thank you to Pastor James for Thursday night uh, at 7 o'clock. I hope that you liked it. I know we had some technical difficulties there. It turns out that as James was speaking, Mark Zuckerberg, um, the CEO of Facebook, was doing his own live stream event with the, I think it's the director of the National Institute of Health. So uh, consequently, there was a lot of internet traffic going on at that particular time too. So um, we'll see if we can we can fix that as well. Uh, for next Thursday, so remember Thursday, this, this next Thursday at 7 p.m., uh, James is going to be doing uh, another live stream event, uh, kind of a Bible study, small group type of venue. And if we're lucky, we're going to get to see Everly too again because it was awesome to see her poker over, over her dad's shoulder. At least I thought it was. It was cool. Also, uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, uh, this coming Wednesday, Pastor Dan's going to do uh, a worship night just to try to keep everyone um, connected. So put that on your calendar as well, Wednesday, Wednesday 7 o'clock, and uh, be watching for some more details about that. But that's what we're the game plan. So you'll have something Wednesday, you'll have something Thursday as well, if you so choose. And then also, um, kids, uh, uh, Ms. Shana put out some things for, for kids. I think it went out uh, yesterday, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's basically our Sunday school curriculum that you can do with your kids at any point in time um, during, during, the, uh, during the week. So uh, keep that uh, in the back of your mind and uh, look for that on the Thrive Church Kids page, if I remember right, that's where it got posted. So uh, hopefully um, your kids will enjoy that as well. Uh, I hope you're doing well, and I wanted to remind you, please, please, please um, use the 918-212-6085 number if you need some kind of, an assist of assistance. We have some people who are standing by ready to help you. So if you call and leave us a message, that's great. We'll get back to you just as soon as we can to try to be able to assist you, but please use that. And then finally, uh, one thing before I get rolling here, I just want to encourage everybody um, to, do, to do something at least today. Um, take, a, take a news fast. Don't check in on your Facebook or on your news feeds or anything along those lines. Just unplug for a little bit. After service, of course, but you don't need to, to check to check that that kind of thing right now. Um, it 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 starts weighing on you. The more that you see it, the more that you read about it, and let's be honest, there's some conflicting stories that are coming out, depending on the perspective and and where the the news is actually happening. And so I'm just encouraging everybody to unplug. Don't worry about it. Put your phones down, interact with the people that you live with. That would probably be better for you in the long run. So, all right. We've been talking about Moses and the Exodus. 
in preparation for our move to Tulsa Ballet. Now, here's the thing. We still have the agreement with Tulsa Ballet. In fact, we've been in contact with them this week, and we're ready to go uh, as soon as the danger has passed for all of us to gather together. We don't know when that is. Um, as of right now, there's kind of a moratorium on everything until about April 6th or so, um, but who knows? Uh, we'll continue to monitor that and uh, let you know as details come up. As soon as we know things, we'll, we'll pass it on, on to you. But in the meantime, we're going to keep learning um, from Moses and the Exodus. And so I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 13. That's where we're going to be camped out today. Exodus chapter 13. So you have a, if you have a Bible or a Bible app, um, you might want to uh, go to that, that chapter and we'll be there in just a minute. Now, um, there are certain um, big annual events that I look forward to each year. And I'm sure you do too, but I've got a couple that I really like. I love Christmas time. Um, I love watching the sappy Christmas movies. I've said that before. There I've confessed. Now I can preach, right? Um, I really enjoy the part of our process just in our household is when we unwrap ornaments. So since the girls were, were real little, uh, we've been gathering or collecting uh, a single ornament every single year. And then Lisa puts a little, a little note um, uh, on each one of what year uh, we, we had purchased that ornament. And it usually has something to do with the girls we're into. Uh, like some of them are dance. A lot of them are cats because that's just kind of how we roll in our house. Um, but every time we open them, we get a chance to, to have some fond memories of those. And then Lisa and I have been collecting our own uh, kind of family ornaments. So if we go on travels to different places, um, we, uh, uh, we try, to, try to pick one up. And so at, you know, during the year, um, we've got some of these ornaments and when we unwrap them and get ready to put them on the tree. We remember where we've been and, and what we were doing. It's a lot of fun and I really enjoy that. I, I also uh, love my anniversary. Um, we, uh, we tend to try to watch the video of our wedding every single, every single year. Uh, I think it's the only reason why we still have a VCR in our house. So that tells you a little something. And some of you out there probably don't know what a VCR is, but that's okay. Uh, it was a way of recording things before we had digital recording on computers and whatnot. But you know, we still have that and we pop it in and we, 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 we watch the video and remember how, how everything occurred and who was doing what, when, and, and uh, it, it's just a fun time. Um, I also really love the, the Easter holiday, the one that's coming up here on April 12th. And I think for me that it has more meaning since my dad died. Um, uh, after my dad passed away a few years ago, uh, we went to an Easter Sunday service, and for whatever reason, uh, it just struck me as being much more memorable because it reminded me that <laughs> at the end of the day, that, that wasn't the end of his story. And uh, that, was, that was powerful at that moment. And so now I really look forward to Easter Sunday because, again, I think it has more meaning. Um, our kids' birthdays, I love those too, uh, um, because we think about the timing of everything that actually occurred, you know, when, when labor started and when we went to the hospital and who was there and how everything happened. Some of you heard me tell some of these stories, and, and it's a lot of fun to remember those. And, and yes, we do remind our girls um, at specific times during the day what was going on, and 
whether they like it or not, it doesn't matter because mom, mom and I are kind of reminiscing about, about those things. And, and the truth of the matter is, is we all have those kinds of moments, those um, places in our lives where we, we kind of pause and we, we mostly reminisce about the things that, that occurred. And we, we recall the good and sometimes the bad too, let's be honest, but, but we remember these things. And I'm sure that you have yours as well. And it seems like it, you, you just can't help it. You, um, you have to tell the story, don't you? There's certain, certain stories that you have to tell. And uh, I believe that we're hardwired for that. I think we are hardwired to tell and to receive stories from people. If it's important to us, we've got a story. You know, when, when somebody is upset or, um, or they have a lot of joy, if they're expressing great emotion or strong emotions, one of the first things we ask is, tell me what happened, right? You want to hear what the story is that's causing some of this. And somewhere, I'm sure, you've got a box full of stuff that holds um, all of your things that have memories attached to them. We, we all do. Maybe it's from high school. Maybe it's from college. Maybe it's from other points of your life. But you've got some type of box or drawer or something in your closet that just holds all of those little knickknacks, those things that you picked up. Um, recently, we were... Uh, on a beach and we decided that we were going to take seashells and then write where we were and the date that we were on uh, on that particular beach and and try to collect them so we could we could just remember to have memories of that moment and so I'm sure you've got those too and, and here's the thing I think that God taps into that and so I want to look at Exodus uh, chapter 13 again and um, I'm going to Try to take this kind of verse by verse. I'm going to make some comments as we go along because I think, I think you'll see this, this, uh, this, this natural tendency that human beings have for story and how God uses that um, for basically his kingdom purposes. And so um, in Exodus 13, let me give you a little kind of context to this. This is immediately following the Passover. And we've, we've talked about this um, uh, over the last you know, few weeks is that um, the Passover is when God made his final assault on Egypt to rescue his people. And the Israelites were told to be ready. We talked about that last week. I know they were supposed to eat and they were supposed to have their cloaks and their belt and staff in hand and sandals on their feet so they were ready to go. And so here in Exodus 13, Pharaoh's had enough. He's, he's admitted defeat, at least at this point. He was done and he had released Israel. And so Israelites were getting ready to go on the move um, to follow Moses out of bondage into a promised land. And so we pick up um, the story in verse, in verse 3. So here it is. Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. And remember, this is kind of a... Um, a challenge to Pharaoh who had conquered various parts of the, of the known world. Egypt was the superpower at the time. And, and when you see those things uh, in the hieroglyphics, uh, it's always with, with Pharaoh's mighty hand outstretched. And here God is saying, no, no, mine's, mine's mightier. And so Moses tells the people, commemorate 
this particular day. Now the word that's used here actually means to remember. Uh, in fact, this is a translational decision that the, the um, uh, translators of uh, the NIV made to use this word commemorate. And, and it, it makes perfect sense, but the word um, really means to remember, to set it aside, to give it some value and, and to remember it. And so he goes on. Today, in the month of Aviv, you are leaving. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you are to observe this ceremony in this month. And so he sets an annual date, just like we do. We have certain um, kind of like um, uh, stakes in the ground during the year that we, we look forward to. Um, I remember when I was working in high school, I worked for a, a grocery store, and there were basically three summer holidays. There was always Memorial Day, then there was Fourth of July, and there was Labor Day. And I always chose to work Memorial Day and Labor Day because I wanted uh, the Fourth of July off. That was my, my favorite summer holiday, and so I had kind of chosen that as my stake in the ground. And so perhaps, um, perhaps uh, that's the same kind of thing that's going, going on here there is a date that people would kind of attach themselves to. And so that's what God does here. Now, verse 6, For seven days eat bread made without yeast, and on the seventh day hold a festival to the Lord. And so um, <laughs> he, he does seven days. So not only is it you know, a particular time, but it's also seven days. The bigger the event, the longer the celebration. Now think about this, because we do this at Christmas time, right? Um, we have the Advent season, but originally it was Christmas to Epiphany. That was the 12 days of Christmas. We actually talked about this back in December, if you remember. We have the 12 days of Christmas um, from, uh, from, what is it, December the 25th until, what, January 6th or so. Um, but you have the 12th night, and it was a big deal. And, and now it's even longer. It's not even 12 days. We actually start that holiday really at Thanksgiving, don't we? We start at Thanksgiving and we go basically through New Year's Eve. So it's probably, you know, 30 plus days when all is said and done. It's a big time of year for all of us. And so, um, so the bigger the event, the longer the celebration. Easter is preceded by Lent, which of, of course is a season of, of uh, repentance, but it's just the preparation for it because there's a big feast at the end, at Easter time, and that's 40 days from Fat Tuesday, right, all the way to Easter Sunday. That's a 40-day period of Lent. So again, the bigger the celebration, uh, the, um, the longer, or the bigger the event, the longer the celebration. So time devoted really indicates the significance of things. So keep that in mind in all of this. And then, of course, verse 7 Eat unleavened bread during those seven days. Nothing with yeast in it is to be seen among you, nor shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders. Now, this is interesting to me because what God says essentially is eat. Eat. And this is a big departure from a lot of the gods of the ancient Near East. Um, originally, what you would do is you would make a sacrifice of food to an ancient Near Eastern god, and, uh, and he or she would eat it or consume it or not do anything with it, which is more likely the case, or they would burn it in front of them. But here, Yahweh is saying to Israel, I want you to eat. So you're only going to eat unleavened bread, but then on the final day, you're going to have a big feast. 
And so he's sharing that food, that sacrifice uh, with them. Isn't that interesting? That this is a God who wants to celebrate with his people, not just celebrate because of the things that they've done. This is a big departure. It's something we need to, um, to pay attention to. And I think food characterizes celebration and commemoration. I remember um, a number of years ago when we moved to Georgia, let me just tell you, those people eat very different Thanksgiving food than I grew up with. Uh, when, when I grew up, uh, up you know, north of the Mason-Dixon line, we had things like turkey and dressing and, and uh, mashed potatoes and gravy and the staples. But when we moved south, uh, there was a lot of ham and macaroni and cheese, and that just seemed very odd to me. Um, Different parts of the country just celebrate those things uh, differently. And, um, but food characterizes that celebration. And uh, here God is tapping into that as well. Eat unleavened bread, but then you're going to feast at the end of it. So keep that in mind as well. Eat. On that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This is verse 8. And really what he's saying here ultimately is tell stories. Tell, tell the story. Explain why we do this thing. It's the same reason why we tell our kids about, about, the, um, uh, uh, about the birth of Jesus at Christmas time. Because it isn't just about Santa Claus and Christmas trees, right? No, this, this has a much more ancient origin. And we tell them that story. Every single year we read that story in church, but we also do it at home. You probably do as well. And it's an important part of why we do this. Same thing at Easter time. We talk about an empty tomb. And by the way, Pastor Dan said this earlier, God is still on the throne, but you know what? The tomb's still empty. And uh, we celebrate that, and we will celebrate it again here in a few weeks. But keep that in mind. And really telling the story is the part that we love. And this is what perpetuates it going forward. So tell your children that this is what the Lord did for me, and um, essentially he's done it for you as well. And that's what we do at Christmas time. Uh, he sent his Savior, and at Easter time, he died on the cross for you and for me. So we have, we have this story that perpetuates from generation to generation. And of course, all of this leads to a legacy for future generations, and so here we see it. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. More literally, it means the word of God is in your mouth. And that's a, that's a very strong statement. I mean, it says, you know, the, the law of the Lord, the Torah of the Lord will be on your lips. Well, it's not just that. It's, it's the word of God itself will be in your mouth. And the Lord brought you out. Tell people how he rescued you. Isn't that a beautiful sentiment? Just remember that this was the Lord who went after Egypt. The superpower, how he went after, defeated them and brought you out of slavery. That's the story that you're telling. That's the legacy that the Hebrew people had. The more I think of it, um, this commemoration reminds me of uh, Acts chapter 1. Jesus is talking to his disciples before he ascends and leaves them. He says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, of course, we've talked about this one before, but this idea of witness has two aspects to it. First of all, it's a legal term. It's someone who, who testifies based on uh, what they've seen or what they've experienced. But it also has a historical context. It's somebody who has been a spectator to something and reports it. So there's this idea of reporting um, what uh, they have seen Jesus do, what they have experienced, what they know they're willing to tell others about. You will be my witnesses. And I think that this follows right along with what God was saying. Tell your children, this is what the Lord has done for you. And that perpetuates that idea going forward. And it becomes this legacy. So you will be my witnesses. Tell your children. Do you see the parallel? It's really quite astonishing. So you will be my witnesses. Guess what? I have some news for you. And I think this is important for us to remember, especially right now. You are still his witnesses. You are still his witnesses. That hasn't changed. That is something that God has said to them. Now, please understand, our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria may be different. Our starting point might be Tulsa. It might be somewhere in Indiana. It might be somewhere in Florida. It might be somewhere else. But that part is different, but the, the overall framework is the same. You're to be the witnesses where you are to that region and ultimately to the ends, ends of the earth. And so we're called to experience God. Remember, we talk about presence of God. We're called to remember and we're to tell others about it. Experience things, remember, and to tell others. And so, so I have this thought that I want to I wanna try, uh, try out. Um, I want everyone... Um, who's watching, I want you to remember something that the Lord has done for you. Something. It could be real small, it could be real big, it doesn't matter. I want you to take a couple of minutes just to think about something the Lord has done for you. It may have um, something to do with health, may have something to do financially or something at work or something positive, but I really want you to think about something very specific that the Lord has done for you. And um, here's the fun part. I saw, I saw Jimmy Fallon do something like this just recently, so this is kind of where I got the idea, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I want you to think about that event that happened to you, and I want you to say it in six words. Can you come up with a six-word phrase about something the Lord has done for you? Can you do that? Um, try it. It, it. Here's mine. Here's mine. The Lord chose me for this. I have to remind myself of that sometimes. But I believe that the Lord chose me for whatever reason to do this, this thing that I'm doing. That's something the Lord has done for me. He chose me to do this. Um, it helps me keep me motivated when things get challenging, like... What are we going to do about church on Sunday? And, you know, how, how are we going to put all this together? How are we going to stay connected? I have to be reminded that the Lord 
chose me for this. That's something that the Lord has done for me. And I appreciate that. And, and here's the reason why that I want you to do that is because we need to remember how God moved in the past, how God moved before. Why? Because it gives us hope that he'll, he'll get us through whatever this is. You know, he's, he's able to give it, you know, get us through things like pandemics and quarantines and social disting, dis, distancing or all of that. But we have to remember that he's done some things in the past because that provides that hope. Look, the news is full of scary stuff. That's why I'm telling you to take a fast from it. I mean, I can imagine you're as sick of it as I am. And, and so let's turn our attention to the one who still sits on the throne, the one who left an empty tomb. Let's focus on that one. Um, and you know what? Again, he wasn't surprised by any of this. Not a, not a bit. Nothing surprised him about all of this. So let's focus there rather than on the scary stuff, but the one who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Let's focus on that one. And so um, as Dan, you know, leads uh, us again uh, in this song, I, I really want you to try, really want you to try to take that moment or that event where God did something for you and to put it into six words. And then what I want you to do, if you're comfortable with it, I want you to declare it. And so if you wouldn't mind posting it, either on your Facebook page or, or on the Thrive one, or send us a message over Facebook, however you want to do it, it's okay. But I want you to put um, a specific hashtag. It's this one, six word hope. Hashtag six word hope. What is something that God did for you in the past that you're going to hang on to because it gives you hope for the future? Six words. Hashtag six word hope. So as Dan leads us, um, think about that. Put it together. Post it somewhere. Would love to have it in the comment section of the video, but if that's not possible for you because of lag time or something else, that's okay. We still want you to go ahead and and post that. Put it up on your Facebook page. Just somewhere where you're declaring, God, you did this in the past and I'm going to trust you in the future to take care of us because this isn't a surprise to you. So you do that, we'll, we'll dance and we'll come back and, and we'll pray in just a minute. Walking around these walls I thought by now they fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles This is my confidence. You 
the night won't last Your will will come to pass My heart will sing your praise again Jesus, you're still enough Keep me within your love My heart will sing your praise again Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness I'm stealing your hands and this is my confidence you never fail me yet your promise still stands and great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm stealing your hands and this is my Never fail me, yeah. oh no. You can still move mountains, church. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way when there was no way and I believe I'll see still stands and great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm stealing your hands this is my confidence you'll never fail me yet. your promise still stands and great is your faithfulness Faithfulness, I'm stealing your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Pray with us, church. Jesus, you've been uh, you've been here with us, and we're so grateful. 
church is distributed and yet you're still here. You're still moving and Lord, each one of us has a moment in our lives where you've moved and we just want to declare that because we're going to trust you to do it again and to do it over and over. We're so grateful. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, church, it's been great to, to uh, well, I was going to say see you, but really it's to be with you. Um, hopefully we've had a little bit of interaction online. And, and uh, I pray, God, um, I pray that God would uh, meet you in these next few days and weeks and probably months and um, that you would see him do it again over and over. So um, we're just going to trust him with all of that. Um, Keep in mind that uh, we've got Wednesday worship night. Thursday is going to be um, another uh, small group meeting with uh, Pastor James, and there's kids' activities out there. And again, if you need anything from Thrive Church, shoot us a note, give us a call, whatever, and we'll, we'll do our very best to try to help you uh, when we can. So just keep in mind uh, a couple of things. First of all, wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer if you have it. <laughs> uh, but also check on your neighbors. Uh, check on your small group, check in with people. Um, it's, it's important that we try to stay as connected as possible during all these events. Because, you know, at no other time, I think, um, our kind of, you know, little tagline could not be more important that we thrive only when others thrive too. And so I just want to say grace and peace to you and yours, and we will see you next week digitally.